the point? Oh, it's fine. I want a Here quiet day tomorrow, please. I want a quiet edit. <laughs> I was going to put a time limit on, to, on today's interview, to be honest. About 20 minutes or something. Okay, uh, well, that's it. Done. <laughs> Finish. Yeah. It's been a while since we've tasted a bourbon on the show. So this week in episode 61, we sit on the much in demand Blanton's single barrel Kentucky straight bourbon. And joining us to taste this iconic bottling is our own mucker, musician and producer, Danny Gruff. As always, you can find some more whiskey-based content, images, videos, IGTVs, etc. on our social media platforms at Whiskey and Things Podcast on Instagram and at Whiskey and Things on Facebook and Twitter. And do us a flavour of giving us a rating or a review on your favourite podcast platform. Cheers! You're listening to the Whiskey and Things Podcast with Dave Giles and Nick Kent. Welcome to episode 61. I'm Dave Giles. And I'm Nick Kent. Welcome, everybody. This is the Whiskey and Things podcast, as that deep voice just told you before we started talking. Um, how are you today, Dave? Not too bad. Hey, mate, by, by next week, we would have seen each other. Of course. We're actually doing a real-life gig together, everyone, this weekend. We are. Mm. We're going to be playing some music together on Saturday. Exciting. We are. I'm coming down Exciting south. times. So looking forward to that. You, know. you are. Welcome home, Nick. Welcome home. <laughs> Good to have you back. Yeah. Do I need a coat? It's good or to have you back. It's, it's going to be sunny down there, right? It's like it's always hot it's, south. I don't know. Well, right. it's just it seems well, you you seem to have infiltrated us with rain. Like I don't know. It seems to be raining all the time. I feel like I'm living yeah. in Manchester at the moment. Yeah. No, you'd have hail if uh, you're in Manchester. Anyway. Followed by hot sunshine. Anyway, let's go oh, on with right. this. Yeah, shall we? Right. So this week uh, we we are being joined by our very good friend Danny Gruff, who you may remember, or you probably didn't, because no one listened to that episode. <laughs> Uh, it's still our least listened to episode, uh, episode five, but we're giving him another chance. So uh, let's let's crack on, shall we, Nick, and get talking to our good friend, music producer and singer-songwriter, Danny Gruff slash Danny Beck. <laughs> Welcome, Danny Gruff, as I live and breathe, he's here, he's back, he's back. We haven't... Well, t- technically, Danny, we had you on episode five, but we've had you on two other shows since then on the Patreon ones. But how you doing, mate? How you doing? Not too bad at all. I'm glad uh, I could come back to ruin your podcast again and bring you in low listeners like the old days. Well, we're, oh. we're hoping, Danny, this is going to help uh, take your career take off in China. Yeah. Oh, amazing. We don't know. Yeah. yeah, you might, you know, China might love you. Can of Thieves are big out there, so you know we might you might you might get a little kick. That'd be lovely supporting the Can of Thieves in in China. How about that? I was it'd be just nice to get away, <laughs> nice to get an all day for a bit. <laughs> so what we're going to do is we we're, while we're talking to you, we're going to uh, start drinking this apparently lovely Blankton's single barrel bourbon. Yes, Nick. We'll, we'll, well, I'm sure we'll have more details on it later, but we're going to be drinking this now uh, and all through uh, our, our little interview here. Um, and then we'll, we'll discuss it later. So I'm pouring um, it now. Do you, want, do you want to hear? Do you want to hear me pouring it? Is that oh, what you do? I'd, I'd, I'd love to hear you pour it. Beautiful. Whiskey. What glass is that, Dan? Oh, this is a whiskey and things official, Glencairn. Oh, it looks beautiful. That does. You know, most whiskeys taste better in them. Do you know that? Yeah, should hope so. <laughs> the price I pay for it. Anyway, Daddy. Um, so yeah, since we since we last spoke to you, it's fair to say that you've really ramped up your production work, right? That's uh, it's now yeah. fair to say you are Danny Gruff producer. I'm 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 Danny Beck producer now for the most part of it. To be honest, oh really, yeah. Danny Beck. Yeah. I, w- I wanted to separate it 
because uh, I, I didn't want people to listen to my Danny Gruff stuff if they didn't if they didn't know about it sort of thing. So I, I decided to just go with Danny Beck and have that as a separate entity. Um, yeah, so yeah, I, I do a lot more of that. It, was, it seemed logical when all my gigs got cancelled and I was doing the live streaming and it was it was okay, but there's only so much of that you could do. So it's like right, and I worked I worked in the studio before. I still work in the studio now. I was like right, let's do more of that. That's what I've always wanted to do. So I spent more time and it, it it's very time consuming. Like I I work a lot more now than I did this time eighteen months ago. I used to think I had it hard with gigs. I was like, oh man, I've got to leave the house at six and I'll be back till midnight now. I'm like, I get up at like eight, start work at nine, don't finish till nine some days and then watch Gogglebox, really. <laughs> it's a different life, man. Yeah, but are you finding success in this in this era? You know, you're getting some good gigs, working with some good people now? Yeah, it's uh, it's it's fun. It's You get, especially in the studio I work at, you get a different vibe every day. Like, so... On Saturday, I was working with like someone who's doing like pop R and B sort of stuff. The day before, I was doing grime. The day before that, I was doing this like sixties thing I'm working on at the moment. So, yeah, it's a different thing every day, which keeps you on your toes, keeps you active, and sort of keeps your musical chops up as well. And you you find yourself because everybody's got different influences as well. So they'll be like, "Have you heard this song?" And then you listen to different music all the time. And yeah, so it's it's fun. It's good. It's it's. I feel. Like I'm learning something every day, which I don't think I was doing when I was doing the covers gigs and stuff like that. Mm. I felt like I hit the end, the wall with that. I was like, I've, I've took this as far as I can go. Um, in terms of that, that's how I make most of my money rather than doing writing stuff. But um, took that as far as it can go, and now I'm just like, right, how far can I take this producing? Turns out it, I, I barely touched the surface, and there's loads more to go. But I'm enjoying the rapping stuff. That's all good. And I'm, I'm not into rapping. I'm not very good at it at all. <laughs> Like, cause they always, they always think, oh yeah, Danny, come on, you can rap. I'm like, no. <laughs> and I, I, every now and then I bust out that Eminem song that I know, or like No Diggity or some Dr. Yeah. Dre, and they're just like, yeah, no, stick to the buttons. Like, <laughs> I think Dave earlier was trying to get, when he asked, uh, have you been offered any uh, good gigs and decent jobs? I think he was trying to uh, get you to say, well, some blokes offered me a producing gig at Abbey Road. Is that where that was going, Dave? It was, to be honest. <laughs> no, no, well, I knew that. Exactly well, what honest, I was trying to, honest, to do. Yeah, I, noticed, I, I knew that. I, I, I knew that. <laughs> I didn't want to give him the satisfaction of promoting his music on this. That's another thing I thought as well. Exactly, Brilliant. I was like... Brilliant. Can't even promote my own stuff on my own podcast. Brilliant. He gets, he gets enough airtime, and you guarantee that when he's in Abbey Road, it's going to be like, yeah, so this week in Abbey Road, we're doing it. He's going to hear about it all then. The week's leading up to it. He hasn't even sent me any songs yet. Yeah. Well, I can't afford you yet. That's why I'm trying to get people yeah. to talk about it. If you would like Danny to be a, my producer at Abbey Road, <laughs> stream wants, my songs. He wants to do a rap album. <laughs> I want to do a rap album. Whiskey! So, uh, obviously, I, my experience of producers, Danny, in the studio is they love a whiskey. So, have you uh, have you been drinking any any different whiskeys recently? I, do you know what? I got well into it because I've been trying to give up beer. Um, on oh. account of me putting on so much weight over the last year, so I'm trying to get to spirits and stuff. But um, yeah, I I bought a bottle of that uh, Westland American. Is it American Oak? Is that the actual term? Yeah, we've got a bottle there. It is the one. The American Oak, American single malt. Yes. Yeah, Nick's been my bubble buddy throughout lockdown, and um, I was around his house one night, and he poured that. I was like, that is like the nicest whiskey I remember having ever. And then and three days later, get a knock on the door, <laughs> Amazon delivery. Oh, no. 
65 quid. I was like, oh, bro. Yeah. And I enjoyed it. And I've got actually this one here as well, which a singleton, mm. uh, just a singleton, luscious nectar, 12-year-old. If For the people on Patreon, they can see that. Which I got for like 20 quid or 25 quid from um, Tesco. It was on offer the other week. But I love a singleton. I remember years ago, I bought a bottle of singleton and it was just the nicest whiskey I'd had up until that point. Mm-hmm. And it's just so smooth. And I think Nick was round one night and we were watching a film and I, f- uh, I think that was the last time I opened it. And let's see how much I got through. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Look at that. <laughs> Is that the time when we were doing the Redbreast 12 as well? Yeah, yeah. I was very hungover the next day. Mm. That, look at that. It's, it's just very nice. And I, I, I quite like smooth whiskies. Which some people might think is a bit bland. Like um, I'm not massively <laughs> into like peaty whiskies and stuff like that because they they make the hangover worse, man. <laughs> you think? Yeah, just because I can taste it all the next day, and if I'm uh. if I'm in the studio or something like that, I know someone else can smell it on my breath. Really? They can probably smell it with whiskey. Yeah, but I, with, yeah, I've never noticed that. Yeah, was uh, not with the Octomore. I know, like that that you, you, they smell yeah. that from uh, like Leeds. If you're <laughs> drinking that here. Have you smelt it? Um, for our listeners' benefit, um, Danny's cat um, bought me a sample of Octomore for my birthday, and I haven't tried it yet. I've had a sniff, but it didn't smell too much more peaty. That's a great technical way of saying it. Then some other stuff. I tried it with the with the. I was about to say tried it with the good Charlotte, the Port Charlotte. Um, <laughs> oh repeated. yeah. Um, is there around about the same? So I'm I'm looking forward to trying that. That one repeated but, on me for a few days. That Port Charlotte. I remember that. The old yeah. good Charlotte. Yeah. <laughs> the old good Charlotte got me. Yeah. Uh... Can't get it if you've got a lifestyle of the rich and famous. That's the issue with that uh, one. Let's see. For girls and boys. Or was it boys yeah. and girls? After Abbey Road, girls you might be able to have some good Charlotte. <laughs> uh, so there we go. Yeah, um, I, I I love that Westland. Um, also, I really got into uh, bourbon bourbons, you know. Oh, really? Yeah, like, so I bought a bottle of Bullet. Mm. And I think I've, I think I'm, I've think i just finished my third one throughout the lockdown, something like that. Yeah, I love it, man. Great. It's so, yeah. like, it's, they're quite sweet, aren't they, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Easy to drink, yeah. Which sort of leads us on to this Blanton's. I suppppose well yeah we're not yet not yet no, or, like that, or can I lead on to my thing that I was going to talk about oh yeah go on there's no rules hang, hang, hang on hang on hang on hang on hang on what's that what's that, what's that sound oh what? no it's not it's not a booze round thing it's not news what but it is now booze round booze round right Danny you've got some whiskey news for us right he's built it up he told us he's got a whiskey story he wants to talk about so he looked it up beforehand we delayed this because you said yeah yeah we were we were 20 minutes late in recording because daddy said i gotta find this story gotta find this story story. it's just the thing and i wanted to have it up so if i was talking about it i wouldn't be embarrassed i forgot anything basically round now you know how you used to you can't say bourbon dave because you say bourbon (laughs) yeah did you know? You probably know this. This is when we get deleted. That they've now made a bourbon bourbon. Yeah. I yeah. Know that. yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah. that's the end of that story. I'll, in we'll put a link news. to that in the description, everyone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh. Absolutely. <laughs> that that was it. I saw it the other day, and I was like, I can't wait to tell them that. But apparently, what we call a bourbon biscuit is actually meant to be pronounced bourbon. Bourbon biscuit. They say it on um, Sunday brunch every week when the bourbon comes up or a bourbon comes up. It's actually meant to be pronounced a bourbon biscuit. Apparently. Is that a new news story, Nick? Is that it new? Is. I, I feel like that. That's really good. Boom, 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 booze round. <laughs> Talk, talking of booze round, we do have some stories, Danny. If you want to hear them, yeah, of we... course. Can I drink this, by the way? Now I've poured it. Yeah, oh, yeah, right, yeah. Okay, we're drinking yeah, it throughout. Sure. Yeah, do we? <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, going, can't wait to try this. It's Get, it down, Get it down, yeah. But you better be making notes. So, Danny, I, I don't know. I don't know if you're aware, mate, but it's been the San Francisco World Spirits Competition recently. 
I, I was the, aware. And the winners have been announced. Well, they were announced a couple of weeks ago. You were going to mm-hmm. talk about it last week, but you had the boutique whiskey guys on, so absolutely yeah. did listen. Uh, but but you know, like all of these competitions, Dan, there can only be a million winners. Yeah, <laughs> so many winners. But you know, some good news for us because uh, our friends, well, friends of the show, Kirsty and Greg Dillon at Great Drams. Uh, won a double gold award. Does that mean there's a single gold award, Nick? Anyway, yeah. they won a double gold award for their Ben Rinner's nine-year Pedro Jimenez finish. Uh, and you can hear us taste that whiskey together with Greg and Kirsty back on episode 51 of the podcast. Yeah. So double gold. Nick's done this work for me. And I, uh, and I quote Nick's quote. Uh, <laughs> Quotes Nick quote of somebody else quoting somebody else, actually. It's a four-way quote. Awarded to the entries that receive a gold medal rating by all members of the judging panel. Uh, These are among the finest products in the world. In the world. Uh, So this competition has been going since the year 2000, and there are loads of different categories and winners we won't go in here, uh, but we will put a link to the Forbes article, which goes into the details in our description if you would like to go and take a look. Uh, But Nick, what won? What won? The best whiskey of the world. Is there actually just like an award for best whiskey? Surely there is one best whiskey, isn't there? No, let's just have a look. Single malt whiskey. So I'm going to open this link. So this 25-year-old single malt was just named best whiskey in the world. Glen Scotia beat out more than 3,800 entries at the San Francisco World Whiskey Spirits competition. There we go. Which one was it? The Glen Scotia 25-year-old single malt scotch. It's oh. best in show whiskey. So we'll put we'll put a link to the Forbes article, which goes into the details in our description if you'd like to look. Uh, and it's got a beautiful box, isn't it, Danny? Lo- oh, it's a lovely box. Beautiful box, Dave. It's a wooden box. It is a wooden box with a with a kind of embossed graving. Of, it's, 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 so it's from Campbelltown. Nick, is that yeah. how we pronounce that? Campbelltown, yeah. Camp- and it has a P in it. There's only a couple down there. Is it actually from Campbelltown? Yeah, it is, yeah, yeah. Because it was launched at the 2017 Campbell Malts, Campbelltown Malts Festival. It was finished in its first filled bourbon casks for the final year. Fruity and coastal with notes of apples, oranges and vanilla. Sounds lovely. Does sound yeah. lovely. We need to get that one on on Nick. We could sort that out. That'd be great. 355 quid a bottle. I'll, I'll have to get really pissed before I get that and order, <laughs> order that on Amazon. <laughs> that, so that was the San Francisco Whiskey Awards. Nick, didn't you tell me a story about the fact that if... Because you see these like awards on various bottles, don't you? It says mm. like, the... yeah, I know. Didn't you say that people have to pay for, to have that branded? Yeah, I was on their website, and if they win an award, you know, a lot of people you can see like the medallion, the gold medallion, silver medallion, or whatever on their Instagrams, or they use it on promotion and stuff. Apparently, I went on there. If they want to use that, they have to pay the competition to use it. Really? Yeah. Wow. I'm sure there's loads behind it, and I'm sure I don't understand it properly. But for me, it's like, well done, you've won an award. If you want to tell <laughs> people give about us some it, money. give us some money. <laughs> you have to do that if you get a number one as well. Is that true, Daddy? If you get a number one single, I think you might get one. You know, you get the plaques with the number one, UK Top 40. You can, I think you get might get one for free, but usually it's a band or something like that, so you have to pay for more. Wow. I, I've, I've held a couple, like when I was in Sticky Studios in Surrey, and uh, it was like a One Direction one. I was like, as if you got this. They were like, yeah, we had to pay for it. Like, I don't know how much. I think it was like 100 <laughs> quid or something like that. But oh, you would. You would, but to be was fair. was that a physical thing, though, right? That's yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, but this is a, effectively a JPEG, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, to put on your Instagram. I think that's a bit weird. Again, probably don't know enough. The UK Top 40 going, yeah, you can say you're number one if you pay us 200 quid <laughs> yeah. every time yeah. you say it. Like Exactly. Well done. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, we're at 18 minutes 30. Nick yeah, said right. 20 minutes, so uh, we better hurry up with this. You're listening to Whiskey and Things. These British people talk funny. Nick, do you want to go with the next bit? Yeah, of course. We had World Whiskey Day on Saturday, and there was a few things going online. I subscribed, as it were, or paid for ticket for the World Whiskey Weekender, which was that three-day event we talked about last week. And it was quite cool. I didn't get to see the Saturday one because I was watching another event, the World Whiskey Summit, um, which our guests Dave Worthington and Sam Simmons were talking about last week. But yeah, it was quite cool. Yeah, it was 15 quid. It's effectively four hours a night, I think it was. And yeah, there was some cool stuff on there. There was a Lagavulin distillery tour, which was quite fun. Um, they did a, like a sustainable whiskey distilling panel. Fun fact I learned, there was once 46,000 distilleries in Norway in 1820 before prohibition up there 46,000 in Norway in Norway guessing I mean, they would all have been quite small back then though wouldn't they because yeah. they would have just serviced their local communities yeah that's a hell of a number um, so there we go but there was a bunch of other stuff and it was quite fun but for me the World Whiskey Summit was great I really enjoyed that on Saturday night I even resisted going to see Danny play a gig uh, yeah. to uh, stay in and uh, and watch this thing it was hosted by that boutique whiskey company, as I just said, Dave and Sam um, hosted it. And it was just really fun. It was the way they did it. It was, as I said last week, it was a load of talking heads, but it was kind of animated. And it was just clips of people talking about a specific subject rather than, say, four people rambling on about the same subject. And maybe you know, I was getting lost in conversations and stuff. But it was really, it was really good. They covered stuff, diversity and inclusion, new world whiskey, environmental and sustainability stuff as well. And then they kept cutting back to the uh, white men in beards, you know, opinions, um, which is Billy Abbott was one of the white men in beards. Oh, white so men in beards, white men with beards. Actually, one of the white men <laughs> did actually put on a fake beard. So technically he was a white man in a beard. In a beard. Yes. <laughs> so there we go. But, and um, you can still watch that right now. Yes. That's the thing. It's up there. You can watch it um, on the uh, Boutique Whiskey Company YouTube channel. It's about two hours, 25, but it's well worth it. It's really cool. So, yes, if you want to go and have a look at that, I recommend it. Hey, Nick, I don't know if you saw this. Did you see the uh, Nick Offerman Lagavulin 11-year-old with Damn the right Guinness cask finish? Damn right. Have you seen that, Danny? No, I was gonna, I'm going to Google it now. <laughs> yeah, so I'll tell you about it while you're Googling it. It's a new limited edition whiskey, which is 11 years old and finished for four months in former Guinness beer casks from the Open Gate Brewery in Maryland. Yeah, they're from America. They're not Irish Guinness casks. But uh, that's interesting. It is interesting, isn't it? Yeah, they released it for Father's Day in America. But yeah, pretty cool. Is is Maryland uh, associated with Parks and Rec? I don't know. I wondered if that that, if that was a, an obvious tie in there, but maybe not. Anyway, uh, mm. the, the distillery. So this is a quote. The distillery says that it offers a glorious adventure in sweet peat by combining. I know him by combining <laughs> the intense peat and charred wood notes of Lagavulin with roasted coffee dark chocolate and sweet caramel notes from the Guinness casks. Mm. So, uh, yeah, it's going to cost about 80 to to $100 in the States, depending on availability. But, you yes. know, for a bottle of Lagavulin, that's probably uh, yeah. probably par for the course, isn't it? Has, he, yeah, has it is. he done this before, Nick Offerman? Yeah, he's had an 11-year out before, yeah. Um, but also, I reached out to Lagavulin on Instagram and asked them about the UK availability, and it's coming out on the 1st of July in the UK, everyone. Oh, no. Oh, some so. broadcast journalism there for, from Nick mm, Kent. Yes. <laughs> I drunkenly met, left them a comment on Instagram and they replied. <laughs> <laughs> but, That's how uh, it always works. Yeah. So there we go. Booze round. Nope. Oh, yeah. Booze Christ. round. <laughs> Boo- booze. <laughs> booze round. <laughs> <laughs>
Where does that come from? That sting. Great booze Nick made it. Did you make it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah he spent ten minutes making it. I gave you just get like an, or- an orchestra hit and just go. I don't know. No, I dun, 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 dun. I just tried to imagine a great news theme, and that's what came out. <laughs> you know, good. those American news themes. It's good. Well done. Thanks, mate. I've got an album coming up in Abbey Road. If you want to engineer it, and, uh, oh really? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I've got I've got like an unlimited budget apparently because he just keeps raising money, money, uh, money, money, money. The thing yeah. is, I've got like a photography <laughs> job during that week. I think photography video. Uh, but really? if you want to pay me more money, then I can have yeah, you come yeah, in. Yeah, and, uh, oh, do that. yeah. I'm chucking money at it. Chucking yeah. money at it. Cool, Fantastic. Cool, cool. Sounds like a good project. Nah, it's one of those useless ones where he's got more money than sense. I just how much do you? Oh, twenty grand a day, easy. Don't worry about that. Small change. Sounds like fun and working in that studio as well. I mean, that's just a dream come true, isn't it, Danny? Well, it depends on the songs, really, doesn't it? It's not like the songs are good. It doesn't matter where you are. I tell you what, just cut. I'm going to say something and then just cut and paste this wherever you need it. Right. I'm really excited to work in Abbey Road with Dave Giles. Wherever you need that, <laughs> let me know. Let me know. I'll chuck it in. No, I know. I am. I am really excited. Obviously, just uh, a bit nerve-wracking. You know, it's going to be ace, isn't it? Could be good fun. How have we got back onto this? I want to talk about the whiskey now. I don't know, but I, I, I need to do loads of research before I go, so I'm not nervous when I get there. That's my yeah. thing. My original plan was we wouldn't go in there until the day we first record, but I think we're going to have to try and get in there before to try and get rid of some of the, the tourist stuff and uh, being overwhelmed by being in that room. I don't think so. I think we just set ground rules because we'll discover stuff as you go along. You can't go in and go, yeah. oh, John Lennon sat on this step. <laughs> like... There's always downtime in the studio, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Someone's doing drums, you go and look at the tapes. Do you know what I mean? That's McCartney's chewing gum stuck on the wall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, so I've hired us a house for January. That's, oh, yeah. that's good fun. It's only 10 minutes walk from the, or 10 minutes drive, rather, from the studio, which is nice. So we, we'll, we'll have a good time. Maybe we'll record uh, Thanks, an episode of, of the podcast there, Nick. Maybe, yeah. If you do, can you do it in separate rooms? Because I, I never want this podcast to ever be in the same room. No, no. I find it really funny that you've never done an episode face-to-face. We kind of did some of the first episode. Yeah, um, there's, there's, there's like bits edit. of episode It's hard one. edit. I can't you know, cut things exactly. out easy. There's so much spill. You know, exactly, we actually yeah. have to be good at it. Um, <laughs> polish a turd afterwards. Whiskey butts roll out. We've been drinking this whiskey, so I think we should now talk about it. So I think we should. this week's whiskey... Blanton's Single Barrel Kentucky Straight Bourbon. Mm. <laughs> right. This is a very sought-after whiskey. That's yeah. what I wanted to talk about, because all I know about it is it's got a fancy bottle with a horse on the top, but it looks fancy. <laughs> there it is. Yes. It's a re- it doesn't look like a whiskey bottle. That looks to me looks like... Well, it looks a bit like it's a cross between a grenade and some kind of perfume container from the Tudor from Tudor times mm. that you see like Queen Elizabeth holding in portraits maybe it's Blanton she's holding you never know maybe it's Maybelline <laughs> maybe she's born with it <laughs> <laughs> well is it worth it that's what we want to know today. I I don't think whether if I'm looking at the price I'm looking at now like because we uh, when I was around yours last week then we get a shot of Buffalo Trace or Dram yeah. As a proper whiskey, people call it a dram of <laughs> Buffalo Trace, like normal 20 quid Tesco. And then we've got a shot of this next to it. And you said, which one? Well, at the, at the time, our taste buds weren't really... Uh, no, but 
I trust them still. I've done that before when I'm drunk, but I'm still pretty good, to be fair. Yeah. We did a, yeah, we did a Buffalo Trace and a Blanton side by side and a bit of a sniff, this, that, and the other. It was at two in the morning. But yes, we're asked the question today, is it worth it? Is it worth the extra money? Because it's about 63 quid. That's how much I got it for. But the, oh, nice. the main thing about this is, is it's quite rare. It's hard to get hold of. It's actually apparently easier to get hold of in England than it is in the US a lot of the time. Wow. Um, because it's a single barrel. Every bottle is hand-labelled, hand-bottled, hand-filled, all that kind of stuff. Hand-waxed at the top in a small room just by a it's bunch a of, of people. There's a lot of hand jobs. There's <laughs> a lot of hand work. Oh, Nick. I Come know. on, man. This podcast has been so highbrow for so many episodes <laughs> now. There's a lot of handiwork going on here. There we go. That's what you'll put in. That's what you'll put in. That's the one I'll use. Put, put that one in. <laughs> No, Nick, you got to leave all that in. I'll leave something in. Hilarious. No, yes. Every oh bottle is hand-labeled, corked and hand-waxed in a small room by some people. And um, you're wow. mentioning the uh, you're mentioning the cork stopper with a horse on top. Nick, may I intervene here? You may intervene, Daniel. I believe those cork stoppers yeah. are collectible and there's like five of them, is there? There's eight of them. Eight of them? They oh, are. Wow. They are. They are collectible. Um, apparently they started in 1999. Uh, with a collector's set. You're so they, do they spell out Blantons? They do, I'm guessing. Yeah. Each horse oh, wow. represents a horse in a different part of a horse race because, of course, it's down to heritage because it's from Kentucky. It kind of represents the Kentucky Derby, um, the famous horse race, which was a couple of months ago, or last month, one of the two. But, uh, yeah, each horse is in a different pose from the race, and each horse also has a letter, um, BL, etc. And if you get the whole set... You put them in a nice little like stave or something, and it spells out Blantons, which is uh, which is quite cool. I like yeah. that. But the problem is now I found with that, I can't now buy another bottle online. As far as I'm no. concerned, I'm going to yeah, have to go out because you're not going to know what. Yeah, you're not yeah, going to know. Yeah. I don't know what number, what, what letter I'm going to get. Or it's like buying um, buying stickers in a pack, mate. Yeah, swapsies. You've got that nervous bit of opening the box and finding out where, what one you got. Yeah. Oh damn! I've already I've already got Kieran Dyer. Yeah. Yeah, but to oh. be fair, packets of stickers are about fifty p. I don't know how much they are. They used to be like thirty p back in the day. Like, imagine sixty five quid ago. Ah, oh, it's a hell mate, again. If you can get it, you know. Again, when you're a kid, that was all your pocket money, mate. Yeah. Sixty five quid. Sixty five quid. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. thing about you know, this is all. Um, we we're talking about the Buffalo Trace thing earlier on. This is made by. The Buffalo Trace Company, and who do a lot of other whiskies, people might not know about. They obviously do Buffalo Trace. They do Eagle Rare. They do the Van Winkle. Oh yeah. Like, so Pappy Van Winkle. So you know, there's hundred pound shots of Pappy Van Winkle we see yeah. when we go to Bunny Jackson's. Same company. They do uh, E. H. Taylor Jr. Stag Jr. Weller, which is a favourite of Kevin Martin of Candlebox, from what I remember when he was on. But yeah, there's a. They do a lot of stuff there. It's a very kind of iconic brand, gone back years and years and years. So yes, this is their high rye mash bill, uh, mash bill number two, which is 12 to 15% rye grains. Might get a bit more spice. What else we got to say about this? We should, ag nice. again, there's a good story about behind this whiskey. Not only is it single barrel, there's a reason why it's single barrel and why everyone kind of wants a bottle of it. Um, I'm going to do a little bit of history here, guys. Sorry. The single barrel bourbon started with Blanton's in 1984 because um, nearing retirement, master distiller Elmer T. Lee was tasked with creating a bourbon of 
exceptionally high quality um, before he retired, basically. It was like his swan song, I think. So, um, And so he recalled the earlier days in his career when he worked under Colonel Albert Blanton, uh, who was the president of the distillery in the 19, up to 1952, I think he was. But check this out. Colonel Albert B. Blanton. What do you reckon his middle name was? Buffalo. Bourbon. Bacon. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's better with bacon. Especially anyway, Kevin. So yeah, Elmer T. Lee worked with Colonel Blanton and he remembered that um, Blanton would entertain like dignitaries and stuff um, and important guests with the hand-picked honey barrels from the centre of the Warehouse H, which is a bit different to all the other warehouses because it was made of metal rather than brick. It seemed to actually affect the barrels a bit differently. So he had these favourite barrels in the middle, which he would hand-pick out and dump, as it were. So later on, when Elmer T. Lee was putting together his single barrel. This was the first time anyone had ever done it. He chose those barrels from the uh, from the middle of Warehouse H. So yeah, so this was introduced in 1984 and it was the uh, first single barrel on the market. That's crazy, isn't it? Because actually it's not, it's not that old in the grand scheme of things. No. Often when we, when we talk about these kind of history sections, it goes way back to, in 1827... Mm. Uh, George, well, you know, had a son. The distillery does call George a lot further, a lot further. You know, um, I'm just trying to kind of cover this part when this whiskey actually came about, and the reason why that warehouse was metal was because of literally prohibition was finishing, and Blanton didn't have enough warehouse space. Instead of building one made of brick, he threw up this one made of metal, and because it would kind of heat up faster with the heat of, you know, Kentucky summers and cool down with the winters and stuff, this little bubble in the middle seemed to um, just be delicious when they got them out. So he calls those the honey barrels. So again, <laughs> it wasn't planned. And there we go. So this is a 46% whiskey or 46.5% whiskey or 93 proof, as they like to say, um, in, in the States. Danny, what do you think about it? I think it's really nice. You know, it's, it's really drinkable, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what scares me. I wouldn't, I wouldn't spend... That amount of money on a drink I can do so easily. Like I'm like when I've had like the Westland or something like that. I know it's a completely different ball game, but I feel like when I'm drinking, I'm like, oh yeah, that's sixty five quid. That okay. Like when when I'm, when I'm drinking this, I'm like, do you know what? It's not too dissimilar from what I can get for like a third of the price. Mm. For me, that's interesting. I, I think I've said that before about bourbons. Actually, as you step up the price range, you don't tend to notice the difference as much. But I'm not sure if that's just my palate not understanding the, the subtle differences between ex- expensive bourbons. Whereas with mm. single malts or, or or other whiskies, you seem to notice it more. There's a character there, isn't there? Yeah. yeah. Bourbons mm. are quite similar. This is a great bourbon, you know. It's a great bourbon. This is kind of how bourbon should be, right? And then cheaper bourbons, you're just going to get a bit more of that alcohol effect. It's going to maybe taste a bit younger. This is a great example of a wonderful bourbon. And to be honest, I like all this, you know, exclusivity and the fact that it's got a collectible thing on the top and it's, yeah. you know, it's a bit special, you know, it's nice to get out. I love it. I love it. I, th- I think, I think the good thing is, I mean, uh, that price isn't outrageous in the grand scheme no. of things. That's for a bottle of whiskey. It's not outrageous. How, what size is that bottle, Nick? Is that seven? This is a 700. So this is, again, this is like, yeah, UK size. So that's yeah, why I mean, let's, let, maybe let, easy Let's to get. be honest. Since we've started doing this, we've, we've both wanted to buy whiskies that are more expensive than that, that we like. Yeah. And we would do. So it's not like a crazy price. No. It's, um, it's Lagavulin 16 money. That's how I kind of gauge things Yeah, exactly. Now. Yeah, but that's, that's a core range from that distillery. 
Whereas <laughs> this is a this is a single barrel. So actually, for the same price as just a standard Lagavulin that yeah. you would see in most bars, you're getting a, a an individual barrel where every time you buy this, it's going to be slightly different. You're going to have a different, different character. Mm, yeah. With that, and I like that. I think actually that's that's sellable. The fact that every time you buy a bottle of this, it's going to have a different character as well. Yeah, apparently people like search out certain barrels. Like eight, yeah, because yeah. it. it's got all the information on here. This was dumped on the second of July, twenty twenty, from barrel number five five eight, warehouse H, of course, Rick number eight, and it's ninety three proof. And this is bottle number twenty two. So a lot of people look for certain numbers. I have eight people called Rick work there. That's crazy. I mean, I only know one person called Rick in my life, let alone eight people working in the same. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, Excellent. I think I think we just did our first Rick roll there, Nick. <laughs> Six, 61 episodes. Um, see, I, it's super tasty, super drinkable. Uh, I'm a big fan of this. Big fan of this. Me too. It was tough yeah. pouring out samples for people. It's really nice. This one. Uh, <laughs> but I hope you're enjoying it, both of you. No, I, yeah, uh, I, I mean, I nearly did. I've got like one sip left because uh, yeah. I'm waiting to see what you say about the tasting notes and then I'm going to have this very small bit. Well, tasting note-wise, I mean, it's uh, it's just a really nice bourbon. It's uh, I'm getting like citrus and wood spice. Citrusy, yeah, yeah absolutely. Nose, mm. And you've got the vanilla and it's a bit spicy. You know, it's just classic bourbon, you know, taste really. Yeah, mm. some some buttered popcorn in there on the nose. That is lovely. I, I think nice. I'm getting banana on the nose, but I could be wrong. Oh no, absolutely you you're are. Never yeah. wrong. No one's ever wrong. <laughs> no, no you, you absolutely are. Those those banana foam sweets for sure. Banana milkshake for sure. Yeah, I I, I always feel like when when I'm like doing whiskey tears, I'm like, is that right? Is that right? Should I Google that first? Apricot by it. <laughs> uh, I've, I've I've given up. I said last week that the boutique one smelled like soap, and you know I'm not sure whether. <laughs> well, that's what I smell like a tea tree kind of soap. <laughs> Don't think anyone else got that, but I said it. <laughs> <laughs> that's nice. Look how that went down. But uh, but that's the thing. There's nothing wrong. There's no wrongs. That's no. more herbal thing I was talking about. Yeah, but there is no wrongs. There is no. Like, wrongs. If that's what if that's what it evoked in your senses, then that's what it invoked. Yeah. Do you know what? Um, um, I I have got one more taste note on it. It does taste exceptional in my brand new Whiskey and Things official Glencairn <laughs> glass. Yeah. Available now on the Patreon. Maybe. Or, or, or actually, I don't yeah, know if you have a store. Do you have a, a shop store? as well, I think. We, we do have a store, but oh, there's yeah. only a couple of them left. So, uh, <laughs> thanks, Dan. Appreciate that. Yeah, appreciate, appreciate it. it. You did a better job at um, selling that than you did the Abbey Road. Brilliant. Yeah, Cheers. no. Well, ages to Abbey Road. Ages. <laughs> I'm really maybe excited I'll, to work maybe. with Dave Giles at Abbey Road. Thank you very much. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> No more questions. Thank you. Anyway, Danny, thanks so much for joining us. Nick said we wanted to limit this interview to 20 minutes and we've been talking for 42. Uh, so uh, I think oh. it's probably time to call it a day. But uh, thanks very much for joining us and I'm sure we'll have you on again at some point. Yeah, I mean, but, when are we going to Abbey Road? It's uh, January, isn't it? So uh, yeah, it I'm, 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 get me in for November if your funds are looking a bit low. And uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll bring in the listeners. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because yeah. you'll be massive in China by then. Exactly, so, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, Peggy's just come to say hello. Uh, <laughs> cats. Cats sell whiskey, apparently. Hi, uh, Peggs. Yeah. <laughs> the time, it was amazing. We always have conversations. You're listening to Whiskey and Things. And you can watch the full uncut video of that chat with Danny on our Patreon page. And it's worth watching because 
Nick dropped a C-bomb. Anyway, so uh, patreon.com forward slash whiskey and things. Yes, you did. I yes. thought I said the other word. <laughs> you definitely dropped a C-bomb. I thought I said and the course- J word. No, anyway. No. Uh, anyway, you, uh, you can find out more about Daddy Gruff on his website, daddygruff.com. And you can follow him on all his social media accounts, uh, which is Danny Gruff everywhere. And also he has this new one for his production, which is, as he said, is Danny Beck. So it's Danny Beck producer, uh, spelled exactly as you would expect all of those words. Yes, yes. His Spotify link will be on there as well. Um, also, I'm going to put in the notes. On what? <laughs> we hadn't even mentioned the show notes. Yeah, Are you listening? <laughs> obviously not. Um, in the show notes, I'll also put Danny's Spotify link in there as well, everyone. Oh, excellent. That's yes. very nice. Here. But also he's in the he, notes. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's, got some great, uh, he's got some great songs out. He has. He has some great music videos too. Um, I may or may not have, you know, directed some of those. Anyway, um, I'll also put Blanton's in the uh, description as well, because they do some cool timeline stuff, which I didn't get into a lot of the history. I may have, I can't remember. But go to blantonsbourbon.com and there's some cool history stuff on there, because it's a really interesting company, you know, the Buffalo Trace history, as it were. I was trying to think of if there's a way of combining the word whiskey and history, like whiskery, but it doesn't, it doesn't really work, does it? I was Hisky. thinking about this, w- whiskery. You need the history Whistery. Yeah, this doesn't really work, but I was generally, I gave that far too much of my brain time earlier this week. Oh, uh, wow. Uh, yeah, I was driving and I was, it literally was like a good 15 minutes of trying to come up with different ways of combining whiskey and history. <laughs> but anyway, mm. uh, yeah, check out the show notes for more on Danny and Blanton's. So, yeah, I think that's enough for today. Um, fun show. Fun show. It's nice having Danny on. You, nice sound, you sound like so uninfused <laughs> from the intro. You just sound exhausted. You're like, yeah, yeah, fun show. Well, it was a fun, it's a fun show. Well, it's uh, just, you know. just exhausted. I think you need to get some sleep, mate. I'm exhausted. I think we've just had so many kind of big shows with guests who I'm like, don't get me wrong, I love Danny Gruff, but there's guests on this show where I'm like, how do we get them? You know, so it's been a bit, bit of pressure, you know, over the last few weeks. So, um, it's been nice to have one which has been a bit chilled with our buddy Danny, to be honest. That's why I'm in a chilled mood. So it's oh, like, you're in a chilled mood. So okay, like, fair enough. Yeah, that's cool. There we go. So I've given us a simple outro this time, Dave, because last week it was, and I've corrected the spelling mistake as well, which I don't that think up. I left in. It <laughs> <laughs> makes no sense to anyone this week. <laughs> the angles have had their share. <laughs> yes, and so have I. No. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back next week. Enjoy enjoy, uh, going into those pubs safely. Absolutely. The angels have had their share. And so have you. Cheers. Thanks for coming. Cheers, cheers. Whiskey and Things has been brought to you by And Things Productions. I'm really excited to work in Abbey Road with Dave Giles.